Welcome to Lame Stream here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Steve Cavendish. You can follow me on Twitter at Scavendish. If you like this show, rate, review, subscribe. Dare I say, smash that subscribe button. But the thing that you can do the best would be to go to NashvilleScene.com and vote in this year's Best of Nashville poll. Vote for us in the Reader's Poll. Go down to Best Podcast and say, Lamestream Sports. That's what you want to do. That's what you, dear listener, can do is make us the best podcast. And folks, we would really, really appreciate that. Does 440 Sports count as a radio station? I mean, I, it does. It should in real life. But like, does it? It's got more happens. local content than some than some radio stations. <laughs> no question. Um, yeah, yeah. Just also like best uh, personality vote Steve Cavendish. You know, I'll vote for you if you vote for me, buddy. Is that okay? We can do best sure. uh, sports. Sure. Sports, that sports one doesn't. Caster. That one doesn't matter nearly as much. Best podcast is okay. what you want to vote for. If we're gonna shill, let's let's be let's okay. be completely upfront about this. We want to be named best podcast. So go to the go to the scenes readers poll and vote. There's all sorts of great stuff you can vote in there. Um, I say this as a former editor of the Nashville scene. It's one of the biggest issues of the year. It's one of the most fun things of the year. And the the, the poll, you know, always gets thousands and thousands of people voting in. So. And it and it and when you vote for best podcast, lamestream sports, of course, if they give it to some like radio show that's just been converted into a podcast, that's that's garbage. That's garbage. That, that, that's cheating. That's that not is, a podcast. That's a radio show that is just digitally delivered. That's not a that's podcast. A, that's exactly right. That is not a podcast. We are doing this only for you, the podcast listener. We're not doing this for some corporate radio station. We're not doing this for some giant entity. We're just doing this for you. And that's why we want you to vote for us for best podcast. Go to NashvilleScene.com and vote for Lamestream Sports as the best podcast. 440 Sports is Nashville's only and original independent sports podcast network. <laughs> um, all right, today on the show, after all the shilling is done and out of the way, today on the show, of course, recommendations later on, and, and we will have a very long conversation about Nissan Stadium and the Titans and the future debates that are going to happen in this market. But today on the show, Scott Ramsey, President of the Nashville Sports Council, of course, a big part of bringing the Music City Grand Prix to Nashville this weekend as we have Indy cars driving really fast and around Nissan Stadium and then up over the bridge and then back down. It's going to be awesome. Tickets are still available. You can still volunteer, all that good stuff as well. But Scott Ramsey, I 26 years in the job. I love talking to him because he always has tremendous insight into sort of pulling back the curtain into how all of these big events, the NFL draft and the NHL all-star game, and SEC championship, SEC tournaments, the final four for the women, World Cup games. He's always a big part of how these events come to our town and are executed. And with the Grand Prix in town this weekend, we thought it would be fun to talk with Scott. Love talking with Scott Ramsey. But first, Lamestream Sports is sponsored by Jaspers. It is definitely 100% Jaspers. And you know what you can do? For Jaspers? What, Steve? What can you do? In the Nashville Scene Reader's Poll, <laughs> you can vote for them for Best Sports Bar. I, sadly, I looked, at the, I looked at the categories. Best Evolution of uh -huh. a Bar <laughs> or Restaurant is not in there. So you're just going to have to vote for them for Best Sports Bar, even though they are, they are the next evolution of the sports bar. Best restaurant, best sports bar, whatever, you, whatever category you think Jaspers fits into. Best parking lot, if they've got that category there. 
Jasper's I mean, would, would absolutely qualify for best parking lot because you want to write in best parking lot somewhere. I'm sure that <laughs> there's some there's something in the massive readers poll that, that you can do. But yes, yes. You're so Nashville if you write in best parking lot in Nashville for best of in the Nashville scene. <laughs> oh man. Yes, exactly. Don't, don't, don't to, mix those two issues. You can get <laughs> you can get into a world of trouble. Yeah, Trust me. True. Uh go to go to Jasper's. They've got a great menu. It is evolving, in fact. They've got free parking. There's still tons of stuff to watch. We got camps opening up across NFL and college football. So we got football games coming soon. It, it's still a great place to go watch the game. It hasn't changed. In fact, it's evolved and it's even better now today because they have frozen alcoholic popsicles. So go to Jasper's, check it out, and then go vote for it. Seriously, go vote for it at the Nashville Best of Scene uh, deal there uh, for the Nashville scene, if I can get the words right. Best of Nashville. There you go. Best at the Nashville, Nashville scene. At the Nashville scene. All right. So Scott Ramsey, again, this is a man who is sort of in the room when all the different parties involved in these big events come together to try to figure out, can we come to Nashville? Should we come to Nashville? And anything that you have seen, Music City Marathon, we haven't even mentioned that yet. Any big sporting event that has taken place in this city over the last two decades, Scott Ramsey has been a part of it. You know, the interesting thing is, I, I was thinking about this kind of going in, going into the interview with him. Scott Ramsey is has to be professionally interested in everything sports wise. I mean, that like, that's part of his job description when, you know, now this weekend it's an IndyCar race, but you know, conference realignment and like the state of college football and how it affects the bowl picture. Scott Ramsey is a player and is definitely interested in it because he runs the music city bowl, you know, Scott Ramsey, which he he will talk about. Yeah. You know, Scott Ramsey is interested in the marathon because, because they help put on, you know, they help set up for the marathon. They have, they do, they do so many different events around here. You know, that's that his job is to be like the number one sports fan in Nashville. I have been, I had been skeptical of whether or not this indie race, because it's been rumored for four or five years. And there were just like a lot of hurdles to get through in order to make it all happen. I'm excited that they brought it here. You'll be able to hear it throughout most of the city when they start practicing, uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, because those things are, I lived in St. Pete that, you know, they run one through the state, the streets of St. Petersburg, Florida every year. They are super loud. <laughs> and when they, when they start turning practice laps, you know, you're going to hear them like well over into East Nashville and, and out West end and, you know, way South of town where I live. And then, you know, I, I hope so. And, um, first of all, Scott, Scott, to your point, Scott Ramsey mentions the, I believe, college soccer national championship in this interview. Uh, yeah. so, so to your point, he has to sort of know mentions about the lacrosse national championships right. too. He has to know everything. There's no question about that. And as someone who's been to, I don't know, I think seven Indy 500s in Indianapolis, if you have never heard the sound of an Indy car versus the sound of a NASCAR, it's very different. It's very different. And it doesn't sound like the high pitch whine you see on television either. It's very different. It, it sounds like a freaking rocket ship. <laughs> yeah. Well, which is appropriate because they're strapping these guys to rockets. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I just hope it. I just hope none of them take off when they go over the crown on the uh, on the Korean veterans bridge. Well, which is a perfect segue into the conversation with Scott Ramsey. We will have a conversation, you and I, Steve, afterward about what do we think is coming next for Nissan Stadium and the expansion. We talk about that a little bit with Scott Ramsey, but obviously heavily focused on how this event came to be, how it unfolds, and to your point, how to literally keep the cars from flying into the Cumberland. <laughs> like we, we, <laughs> They literally had to figure all that stuff out, and Scott Ramsey was a part of it. So we'll talk Titans, Stadium, and what the future of Nashville sporting events look like after the interview, as well as recommendations as well. But 
Here was our conversation with the president of the Nashville Sports Council, Scott Ramsey. Scott, good to see you, man. Welcome to the show. We do appreciate your time. How are you? I'm great, Braden. Good to see you. Good to be seen after COVID year, <laughs> yeah, right? No, no kidding. Uh, of course, let's let's just pay the bills right out, right, right up front. Let's just do this right up front. We've got a race coming to Nashville this weekend, the Music City Grand Prix. Where can people buy tickets? How should people be watching? What they, what should they be doing to support this event this weekend? Well, as far as uh, being involved, there's obviously a number of ways, certainly uh, buying tickets and being a part of it, uh, but also volunteering. Um, you know, you can jump on the, the Sports Council website, nationalsports.com, and, and navigate your way through buying tickets. Uh, more importantly, uh, still not too late to volunteer, and uh, we need some help. Certainly our events in our city is well known for uh, the quality and the experience of our volunteers and, and what everybody uh uh, takes away from the event and uh, we still need a few people being a first year event uh, we're trying to figure out kind of how many and who and for how long so uh, first and foremost you can do that and then Thursday night is a fan fest down on Broadway with a charity event we'll have a little mini Grand Prix with some kids and uh, we're going to have a pit stop challenge with two teams and best two or three and uh, uh, so it'll, it'll really kick off the week in, in a fun way and in a very Nashville way. Awesome. The Music City Grand Prix has been something that's it's been a version of this race has been rumored to be coming here for a few years now. Mm -hmm. um, what did it take to finally get all of the pieces together to have this race this year? Well, I, all the credit really goes to uh, Matt Cruz, Jason Rittenberry, Chris Parker, uh, the, the three folks who uh, really had a great persistence in, in, in finally getting the, the right formula. Um, uh, just just an inordinate amount of pieces and parts to kind of pull together for a first-time event. Um, you know, you're right. It's been four or five years, um, all kinds of proposals. Um, and, um, you know, some were, were more downtown, some were not. Um, but I think they finally found the right combination of um, – there, there was need. There was a need for some downtown roads, but also minimal disruption to people who come down to work and live and play and tourism. So, there was a right balance there that the city, um, you know, obviously had to be involved in. Certainly, the the Titans and, and the space around the stadium was always part of the plan to some degree. Um, and Burke Nihill and the Titans signed off and, they, and created uh, what we think is the right balance as a city. Um, but to your point, I, the, the road was was a long one for them, um, certainly pulling together an incredible investment group, uh, the financially being able to, to be sound enough to absorb some of the initial costs of infrastructure uh, from grandstands to roads to barriers to fencing, um, and then also to secure the, uh, the sanction from IndyCar and, and to get on their schedule. We talk a lot about, you know, a lot of events just being scheduled in the right time and the right place. And you know, that took a little while um, negotiating with IndyCar to get the right time on the schedule. And, uh, you know, finally, they got everything pulled together and, and credit goes solely to them. Uh, so then once you have the event, then you transition to how you manage and, and operate and stage the event uh, to be successful. And I think that's where we've really shown in, in Nashville that we're able to kind of pull together all the necessary partners. Everybody pulls their own piece of it doesn't care who gets the credit and uh, and let's get it done. And, and that's kind of where we are as we go into the, to the event week. What's the most complicated piece to that? Is it putting, I mean, you're not, it's because you're not in a stadium. I mean, you're, you're putting something on city streets. 
is that is that the the wild card to all this that it, it just takes negotiating that and a, and a, and to get a course and to get uh, all the permits and 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 kind of moving pieces together? Yes, um, it, it's kind of hard to to really succinctly uh, express kind of the, those elements, but you know I, I would compare it to to our marathon half marathon a little bit in that you, you've got all those elements you mentioned, Steve, um, that are important buy-ins from the city. I mean, you've got to close down roads. You've got to think of safety. You've got to think about uh, traffic. You've got to think about rerouting. You certainly had to surface some roads. And then you have time to really create the barriers and make it safe for the racers and for the fans attending. Um, and then you got to think about traffic patterns uh, for people walking and getting to uh, uh, the site. Um, you know, very similar to, to the marathon in that you're also going to you're going to have some exposure to weather um, and how how will that impact, uh, you know, the safety and the operation of the event. Should you have a thunderstorm or, or some issues like that? Um, and then also you've got, uh, you know, you got the infrastructure with the race teams uh, coming in uh, and getting them in there and, and, and fit. So the operations of it is a, is a massive undertaking. Uh, Jason's done a tremendous job kind of pulling together everybody. But. Uh, it, it's a lot of behind the scenes. It's the police, it's public works, it's Metro, it's the Titans, uh, it's volunteers. Um, and uh, certainly from our standpoint, we're, we're, uh, we're excited about being part of their, their management team and, and really kind of helping that, uh, that element behind the scenes, make sure it comes off as a great experience for not just the drivers and their teams, but the fans and everybody attending as well. Well, as someone who used to drive on Korean Veterans Bridge every single day when I lived downtown, there used to be, for those that don't know old Nashville, there used to be this giant swale at the bottom of the bridge that would that would just be this massive dip. And th that's been paved a couple of years ago. It got paved. But when you actually decide the layout, and for those that don't know, you can go check it out. They got a great fan section with all the stages sort of down in the um, in the area between the Titan Stadium and the river and, and, and Riverfront Park right there. It's going to be all kinds of really fun stuff. The, the track itself will run around the east parking lot and then over the Korean Veterans Bridge, do a quick loop and then come back over. So when you guys act, like who's in the room when they decide and they actually physically look at it? Because you kind of just mentioned the police, you've mentioned mm -hmm. the teams, you've mentioned the city. Like who who is in the room physically going like, no, the right turn needs to go here and the left turn needs to go here? Yeah, that, that's something that, uh, you know, it's different for every event. And this particular event, Braden, was was purely Matt's team, uh, Matt Cruz's team with IndyCar, the Titans, and and probably Public Works and, and the police because um, it was not something that I was involved or sports council was involved. And, you know, we were kind of saying, hey, if we can get the event, here's the areas we can help with. But it was very technical at that point. And, uh, and obviously, from the police standpoint, you know, things we had learned. We learned from the NHL All-Star Game. We learned from Final Four. We learned from uh, NHL or the NFL Draft. We learned from, you know, CMA Music Fest. We learned from a lot of events that connected downtown and, and the east side uh, of the river around the stadium. And, you know, how your traffic patterns are going to flow. How could we reroute? When could we close down the streets to get them to your point, kind of repay? So that was a very technical question that, um, was handled by, you know, the, the Music City Grand Prix uh, staff, IndyCar staff, and, uh, and ultimately uh, a Metro, probably most likely the police and public works. Are you suggesting you don't know how many meters a driver needs to downshift to get around a 72-degree turn? Is that what you're suggesting? I have suggesting? no clue. I have no clue, Brain. I, I, I could lie to you and maybe try to slough that one, but I got no clue. I, well, I mean, I grew up near Indianapolis. And I used to watch them run around a circle, but 
man, how they're going to go over that break, shift, draft, turn. Do I, I, I know, I know. I'm just going to watch like everybody else and enjoy it as a fan. Well, it's, it's going to be a ton of fun. So I, I, let, let's, let's back up before the technical stuff then. <laughs> and, 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 and that four to five year window you're talking about, you've done this with a bunch of events you've just mentioned the draft and, and all these different things. And you know, what, what is when you first, when it first comes on your radar, can you lay out the process for what these, I know you guys have attempted to bring the sec baseball tournament. You've, you right. rattled off the final four, you know, you you're, you know, you're bringing a world cup qualifying match here in September. Can you kind of lay out what the standardized process is when you first get an event on your, on your radar like that? Well, I, I think from the general public standpoint, every event's a great event. Well, we should have that in Nashville. So, you know, I think you start from the standpoint of, is the event um, something that would appeal to our community? Um, most do in, in some form or fashion. But then I think the first layer of the onion you peel back is, is how, where, and when. Um, you, you know, how, um, how will it be put on? So is that uh, something that the rights holder is going to be bringing in? and needs minimal support from the local community? Uh, or is it something that the local community needs to compete against other cities to bring the event here? Um, or is it some combination thereof? And then you go to the win. Um, we're certainly not gonna go bid on an event or try to stage an event the second week of June in downtown Nashville during CMA Music Fest. So the win is really important on availability. Do we need an arena? Do we need a stadium? Do we need streets? Do we need, what do we need to make the event successful? Do we need a a, a natatorium, which we don't have at, at, at a level to compete against certain things. So, so the win, uh, and then the win is certainly uh, is important. And then where, um, and as I mentioned, are the facilities available? And while we'd like to get every event, I think we've been very, very strategic and very, very uh, uh, cooperative uh, from a public, private, and a corporate community of thinking about if we're going to chase an event, let's make sure it's going to be successful not just to do an event, to do an event, because it's really a small industry uh, when you get into it. And one failed event in, or one operational issue or logistical issue really kind of sets you up for a really difficult bid or chase of the next event. And I think we've been very, very uh, good about aligning all of our resources in the, in the city and the community if we're going to bid on an event from five years from now and make sure that, that we've got the highest probability for success of that event. Um, and, you know, I, I think you kind of go from there. Then, then the, the next layer, Braden, is really, okay, is there financial implications to the, the bid or the event? If so, do you have to raise a lot of that? Does that come with it? Or are there, there are entities in town? In this case, Bridgestone was a huge influence on this major, obviously, with racing, but, but IndyCar specific. Bridgestone Firestone is, is uh, um, just hand in glove with that sport. So, their influence and their input and their support was pretty critical. Um, so I think you just kind of keep peeling it back to make sure that, okay, before we step forward, do we have everything or most of everything in line to kind of move forward? And sometimes you have to say no. And, uh, you know, we've, we've not been able to bid and chase some events just because we haven't been able to align all those pillars that we think are necessary on the front end to be successful. Sometimes you can, cities go into it and say, well, we'll try to figure that out later on. And they do, and sometimes they don't. And uh, we've just never kind of taken that tack. Scott, one of the last really huge events that you guys did was the was the NFL draft. It was was seen as a as a big success. Um, but there was a, there was a part of that draft, uh, specifically the chopping down of some trees, 
that caused <laughs> some. Uh, I, I would say that some people might even say that we have a different mayor because of some some trees that have been lost. <laughs> there, there, obviously, when you set up a course like this, you had to do some of that. How much nervousness was there this time around around taking down some trees, and what kind of conversations were had about that? Well, uh, uh, not just tree specific, Steve, but I, I think again, you, you learn from every event that you have, and and certainly we learned the importance of of that element from NFL draft standpoint and uh, addressing on the front end. Um, Matt and his team did a great job, and when they proposed the course, knowing that hey, we got a lot of infrastructure going to be happening in this area. And uh, there may be need a need to take some out and, and put them back in. So, you know, again, I think we I think you learn as you go forward. Um, you know, I think we've learned also about the best way to kind of connect downtown to, to the East Bank. Um, and uh, and certainly as we look forward with all the renovations that are planned for the East Bank, from the Oracle to the redevelopment of the stadium and everything, uh, we're going to have to continue to learn to tweak. But, uh, you know, I think it's one of those issues that we found out was important in the community or certain sectors of the community. And you had to address it on the front end uh, to get the support from a public sector that you needed to make the event work. So, um, again, um, you know, I think uh, Matt and those guys did a really good job on the front end. It, it strikes me just listening to you talk about the execution of something this large in scale, and again, we've met, we can go through the list of things that Nashville has hosted in a, in a really successful way. It seems like you almost have to bat a thousand to go get the next one. And, and you guys have done a really excellent job of that with the draft, the NHL draft, the NHL all-star game, the women's final four, you know, we keep going with all these things the the marathon every year, the, the, you know, all the stuff that you guys are doing, it seems like the margin for error is extraordinarily small. And if a tiny thing goes wrong, that affects your ability to then go talk to the next thing or entity or event that, that you're going to go talk to has there ever been one that outside of the cherry trees with the draft has there ever been a moment where you look back and you said man that's something we we, we can't get that wrong again is there anything that you guys it seems like you guys have basically batted a thousand so i'm just curious if there's ever mm -hmm. been one that you go man we can't we can't walk into a pitch room next time with that happening or whatever does that make sense well yeah yeah it's a great question i i i don't know if there's been that that one glaring public just misstep on, on an event uh, behind the scenes, has there been plenty of them? You know, I think again, you know, th this event, we, we will learn more having this event this year and be so much more prepared next year. You're anticipating and putting everything you can into events when you run them the first time and making your best guess on, when you have this many moving parts. I mean, we've got 3000 uh, volunteer shifts, <laughs> you know, so how you make sure you get the volunteers there? How are you going to get them to their shift? How are you going to transition? What if somebody no shows? Where's an area that maybe we overstaff and understaff and can we move them around? So there's been a lot of, um, I would say, things that maybe we didn't plan properly for Braden behind the scenes. But I, I you know, and I would, I would again, it's credit to the city. We, we've had, we've had the, you know, I've been here through five or six mayors. Um, certainly the tourism industry has changed dramatically. The downtown has changed dramatically. Uh, the Preds, the Titans, now, now the soccer team, baseball. Um, we've got all these entities now that play into it. Um, and we've never really worried about how an event was developed or how it got here, but how could we make it all work? And, um, you know, I, to your point, I don't know if we've got a thousand, but I think our reputation is when people come here, they have a great experience. And we, we've really tried to stay in our lane. 
We want to have the athletes and participants have a great experience. We want the fans to have a Nashville Music City experience. And we want all the support, administration, media, all the other elements that come with certain events to have a great experience. And we tried to kind of take those tenets across and not try to get too spread out on those agendas. And um, and to do that, I, I think we've we've really worked hard about being, um, you know, a, a great destination. And, um, uh, you know, I I would go back to kind of really underscore one of the, the moments in the 26 years I've been here that that really made me feel the best was securing that 18 year extension of the SEC basketball tournament through 2035, because that was one that had been moving around Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa, Nashville, pick, pick a spot. And we were able to convince them that we were the right place long term to anchor that event. And we are. And um, now that was a political pitch. You know, everybody wanted it in their area. When you look at geographically with all the athletic directors had a vote on that, uh, they were going to have to kind of, you know, walk away from what was best for the conference versus what was best maybe for their fan base in each particular area. And um, they all came to the conclusion that Nashville was the best spot for it and uh, allowed us then to kind of build on year to year for those that event rather than always chasing it every four or five years. So, you know, I think that was one of those that really underscored that we been doing things the right way and uh hopefully it, it gave us confidence that we were doing it the right way so there's a lot of kentucky fans within driving distance you're saying <laughs> <laughs> you, you know you, everybody kind of says that and yeah, i agree i, I they're, they're incredible it had to, it has to be one of if not the best one of the top yeah, two or three yeah. best fan bases in, in college sports as far as uh, for one sport but you know what we've seen is now that they know it's coming every year to nashville we're seeing a much stronger base of all the schools come now, they're coming because they know if they can follow their team as long as they want. They can flip their tickets and stay downtown on Broadway and party <laughs> for the rest of the weekend. But you know what? That's why we did the event. I mean, we're selling out the event four or five days in a row, and it's packed downtown. And we're yep. seeing as many people come to Nashville for the event as we've ever seen. And so, um, you know, it's really worked uh, as well as we had hoped. Lamestream Steve Cavendish is brought to you by Jaspers. So every time you do that, go to Jaspers. Every time you do that, it cuts out and nobody can hear it, which is exactly sort of how the U.S. women's national team experienced the Olympics. Wow. 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 Still fresh. It's still fresh, man. Don't. That one stings. Don't. I was I was up at 3 a.m. for that one after having been awake late for the U.S. Gold Cup win the night before. So, what happened? What I happened? mean, go to Jasper's. What happened? The average age of your team is is almost 31, and you played five games in 12 days. It's just math, man. Oh, man, that's, brutal. That's, okay, anyway, I'm sorry. I did not mean to take a shot at our girls because my daughter loves them. I love them. We all love them. I was just very disappointed. I'm very disappointed, Steve. In how we performed. It's um, a great ad for Jaspers, by the way. Go to Jaspers, by the way. If you want to drown your sorrows after watching, after watching the women play in the Olympics, go to Jaspers because they have everything you could possibly need. Um, free parking, you know, lots of things to drink, lots of good food, lots of places to watch other sporting events to take your mind off of what happened with the U.S. women's national team. All right. So let me ask you this, Steve. Let's, let's, let's change the mood here during this ad a little bit. Let's go. So... If you take the main soccer included, take soccer off the table, take, take the main sports off the table, basketball, 
you know, golf, tennis, you know, the main sports. Right. And, and I can just bestow upon you a talent that is gold medal worthy. And you can just be a gold medalist of any event in the Olympics. Go to Jasper's. What event would it be? 100 meter free. Swimming? You win, Swimming? You win, you, win the, you win the 100 meter free. You're the fastest, you're the fastest person in the world. I mean, that, that's, what a, that, that's what that, I mean, that's the equivalent to the hundred meters in, in track. It's the, wouldn't that person be faster? I mean, sure. Because they're not in water. Like the but, guy from Italy, isn't that guy from Italy faster than, uh, any swimmers? No, <laughs> no. The, the fastest man on the planet doesn't count. I mean, I, you asked me, you asked me what I would want and I, and I would want, I, I, I would want to do, I would want to be able to do the hundred free because it is just, I mean that that race just absolutely fascinates me. It, there's there's never much separation between the, the top and bottom of the field. It's always hyper competitive. It, it's just I, I'm in, I'm in awe of those. I, I love the swimming events. It's my favorite part of the Olympics. I know. I'm I didn't know this about you. My wife was a, was a competitive swimmer and you know up until college, wow. and she really loves it. And you know every night last week we were we, you know we sat down with the with the schedule and we we're like all right here comes you know here comes katie ledecky in the 1500 all right here comes caleb dressel and he's in the 100 you know he's in the 100 butterfly they i, I love those events there's more drama in in those events than almost anything else in the in the games it's just it's just fantastic stuff so yeah it just the 100 the 100 free and it's like almost all of the medal like if you look at where all the medals come from from the u.s it it's like almost all from swimming in at least the first half um of the 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 event i did see that like second was shooting and i thought mm, okay um also no, i'm a terrible i'm a terrible swimmer so i'd love to be able to do that <laughs> I've, I've asked uh, adam vingan and uh, aaron dugan our two other co-hosts on other programs here on the 440 sports network this exact question and adam vingan of course who's got a lot of x games vibes uh went with like bmx biking um i think aaron i think went with like some gymnastics i i went with I, I want to be the gold medal surfer. Like I want to be the greatest surfer on the world. I just think be able to walk into a bar, put down a gold medal and be like, I'm the greatest surfer in the world. I think would be the coolest thing you could possibly do. And I've never been cool my whole life. So I just want, that's what I would want to do. Now I will say this, the swimming just, it's, it's sort of like, is the hundred free, like the definitive race? Cause we know like the 100 meters in, in sprinting and track and field is like, that's the, how you the hundred, the hundred, the, the hundred free is, is, is the glamour race. Okay, I mean, that's the that's the number one like the all like the individual all around in gymnastics yeah. is like the top thing you root for, right? Yeah. Um, because I asked my wife this question, and she was like, "I want to be gold medal." She's like, "I want to be Sun Yi Lee. I want to be gold medalist in the individual all around for gymnastics." And I was like, okay. "If you if you win the hundred free two, you're probably swimming in the in the four by one hundred medley relay where you do like yeah. all strokes with four different guys, and that is that is consistently." one of the one or two most exciting events in the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it is just hands down. Okay. Uh, right. It's just hands down dramatic. All right. You love swimming. I got it. I got it. Go to Jasper's. Uh, I'm a track guy. I love the track stuff. I love watching all the track stuff. It's I love the track stuff's been fun. The hundred, really the hundred meter hurdles, like in the rain, what the hell are those people doing? It's just, Oh my God. It's incredible. I will. I, I've also said this Gabby Thomas, come on, do something with your life. Seriously. Like, <laughs> like figure out, Figure out something to do and accomplish in your life, because like clearly you're you're bored. Like you're just you're bored with planet Earth. <laughs> like, like she is a Harvard graduate and like literal rocket scientist and brain surgery and 
is like an activist in front of Congress. And oh, by the way, like the fastest woman on the planet in the 200 meter. Like just, I mean, just, and looks just, and looks like a freaking Barbie doll. Like looks like a perfect creation of human beings. Like I just do something with your life, Gabby. Okay, seriously, find something to do. Go to Jasper's, maybe. Jas- Jasper's, go to Jasper's. The the Gabby Thomas of sports bars. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, the, the Music City Bowl has had a lot of success. Certainly the, the bowl situation may be sort of in flux here as, as playoffs and expansion and conferences and so forth get jumbled around. Uh, I wonder with the with the soccer stadium coming online, if you could be if you could see a situation where, for instance, in Dallas, where you have multiple where you have multiple bowls you're having one and out in Frisco and you're having one, you know, at, at Jerry world. Could you, could you see something like that? Like trying to add a second bowl uh, in the, you know, now that you have this, this other facility here. You know, Steve, I've never really been a huge fan of the two games in one city. I I feel like you kind of cannibalize your, your efforts and your resources. Um, I I wouldn't, I would never say never, Um, you know, who would have thought, you know, given the growth of our city, you know, 15 years ago, we'd be here today. But, you know, as we sit here today, I, I probably would be lying to you if I said I really wasn't concerned about the bowl system in general, um, just because of, you know, what's all going on with college sports. And nobody knows where it's going to kind of fall. Yeah, certainly there's looks like there's going to be conference realignment. Yeah, there's going to be an expansion in the college football playoff. Uh, what's that mean in the dust settles for Nashville? is really where I'm trying to kind of gauge and really this week kind of try to gauge it. But, you know, so I think we're trying to kind of navigate those waters in the short term, the next two or three years to try to figure out where we're going to be in the long term. And there's a couple things that are intersecting right now for us in Nashville. One, Nissan Stadium. Um, I think certainly there's been very public discussions about the Titans in the city talking about what's the next renovation major renovation the stadium will look like and and that that could pave the path for us um for example there's two or three events that you know i I really hope i get the chance to see in nashville obviously a super bowl obviously a national college football championship game and the men's final four those three events are iconic events that i think our city could host and run better than any city in the country because of the campus we can create downtown, unlike any other city, the excitement, environment, electricity. However, you've got to have a facility that meets the requirements for the event. And open air right now is not on the table for the national championship game in the Mid-South. And rightly so. I don't think they want weather impacting the national championship game um, on grass. Uh, got to have 50,000 seats to bid on the men's final four. I don't have that right now. So Super Bowl obviously is probably in the same category. So I think the next two or three years are really going to, and I'm getting away from the bowl discussion, but really kind of align where our bowl fits. So in the, in the expansion, are we going to have a chance to kind of compete at that level? And if so, or is the facility and our, and our ability to do that, or do we kind of take a, a refresh? What's What's the system under the 12 look like? Because at some point we've got to create excitement for the fans to want to come. We've made no bones about it. We started the game in the late 90s. Mayor Bredesen at the time challenged us with trying to figure out an event that can kind of help generate more activity than 10 NFL games a year at the new stadium. Certainly CMA moved there in the summer. And then we kind of created the bowl game as the anchor. We've added the New Year's Eve event. 
and we've really grown that week into a very special week and, and averaged, and, you know, we've been top 10 in every metrics in the last 10 years for the bowl game. So can we sustain that below the playoff level, given the, the media interest, the fan interest, the player interest, and, and sustain that kind of business impact? I'm not just talking about football and your opinions of that, but the business impact could be significant. We may, we may not. Do we need to recreate it? I thought we did a good job reacting seven years ago when the CFP was 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 brought forth with the New Year's Six and the Final Four of creating the pool and getting more teams and better matchups. And we have. We've had Notre Dame, LSU. We had Tennessee, Nebraska. We've had we've had some tremendous games that we otherwise wouldn't have had in the old selection pecking order. And can we recreate something again? And, and does Nashville want to be a part of that? So. There's a lot of questions, I think, five years down the road when this contract expires and they refresh it. You know, I think the facility is going to open up a lot of those uh, answers for us. So, you know, back to your original question on two games, uh, you never say never. I certainly think, uh, though, the MLS Stadium opens up a lot of doors for us in some in some events that maybe we had not been able to go after before. Um, I certainly think we'll pursue NCAA soccer national championship level events. Um, I think we'll look at kind of what fits in a 30,000 seat stadium at the right time of year that we can go get. Maybe it's some emerging sports. Maybe it's the rugby's. Maybe it's lacrosse. Maybe it's some of those that are developing. Uh, maybe it's the high school events. Um, so I think we'll, we'll certainly take what we've always done with, with the facility, sit down with the team and say, what's important to you? What date availabilities do you have? And let us kind of go out and chase the, the scene and bring back some options and let's kind of see if any of those work. Steve, uh, Music City Bowl is going to be the national championship game. It's not going to be sharing time with another bowl. I just want you to be clear on that, Steve, because I'll, I'll say that for, for Scott. Um, I, I'm curious. There's a major renovation coming. You mentioned all the all the public conversation. H- how much feedback from the, you know, the NCAA Final Four, you know, we all care deeply about football and, and what a Super Bowl would look like. We saw what Miami did with their stadium, a massive renovation, but didn't close it in. I've actually spoken to Bill Hancock, the head of the college football playoff, and and he's always told me Nashville's right on the line for weather. We're, we're right on yeah. the line for weather, which normally means like 60 degrees in December, but whatever. Um, <laughs> what, what sort of feedback and conversations do you think you know, the Amy Adams Strunk, the Titans, the city who own the building and, and all the other parties involved, yourself included. Wh- how much feedback do you get from the World Cup, from the NFL, from college football playoff committee when you guys sit down and actually look at plans and say, this is what we're thinking about? Do they come to you and say, that's not going to get our event? That will get our event? Like, how much feedback do you guys get? That's a good question, Braden. Uh, um, I, I'm not sure there's a, a definitive black and white answer I'm going to give you, but. I think you have conversations with all the entities that that would that would make the decision for that. So we know right now that the college football playoff folks are not going to select anybody in the Mid-South with open air. I don't think they would have selected Dallas or Atlanta, quite honestly, for national in, in open air, certainly not Indianapolis. So I know as they sit right now, however, that decision-making rooms could change in five years. We could have other than Sankey, you know, he could be the only power of five, you know, commissioners could be in the room in three or four years. Jimmy Phillips is new at ACC. Certainly Kevin Warren's new at Big Ten. Um, you know, George out to Pac-12 and, and Bowlesby. So um, you don't know how the decision making is going to change at that point in time on, on the on the football. So but World Cup, NFL, uh, NCAA for Final Four. I think we've got a pretty good sense. And you talked to, to Bill. Um, a pretty good sense about what it would take. And 
I think when we, if you close the door and, and certainly the Titans and, and the mayor um, kind of lead or the or Metro kind of lead that discussion because Metro owns a facility and the Titans certainly are the, the major tenant, that's what you're, you're going to have to invest in that. And if we invest in that, uh, will it pay off down the road for the city? Do we really think we can get those events? I, I really do. I, I I just feel like our reputation, our uh, ability to stage major events, both sports and otherwise, ha has really allowed us to open those doors where um, I'm not sure 10 years ago, yeah, it would have been a stretch probably. Um, so I think a little bit of that is just kind of our self-confidence um, because I don't think any entity is going to come out and say, boy, I guarantee you're going to get this event if you build it because it's just, that's just not how the process ever works. But I feel like we've got an odds on favorite chance uh, to get all three of those if, if we had a dome. Now you say that, oh, we'll just build a dome. Well, <laughs> I think everybody's looking for that, that guy that can write that $500 million extra check going from a half a million or half a billion to a billion or billion two. So mega millions on Tuesday, simple, Powerball you know. on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I yeah, it's exciting. You know, I, I think uh, I think it's a great great opportunity for Nashville. We're we're maybe positioned as well as any city in the country to to leverage sports as a major major economic driver for what we've seen on the tourism side. And um, you know, other cities are kind of struggling with how to define themselves. And I think we've done a good job kind of creating a, a, a niche for ourselves. Scott, we got a World Cup qualifier coming up here in September. Previously, games like this had been. It had been billed as sort of a show me sort of thing. Can we fill the stadium here as, as a show of, of soccer support for MLS? Can we have a good turnout to try to get another, another U S uh, event, whether it's men or women. So where are we in, where are we in terms of 2026 that Nashville has been on a short list of, of cities that could host. Do you need it? Is this, is this another show me kind of opportunity or is this, what, what's it going to take for Nashville to kind of get in the mix to, to host some group games there? Um, we, I, again, kind of without kind of, I, I'm trying to think of a succinct answer for you, Steve. I, I, the conversations now certainly are Nashville's in the mix. I think we've proven, and, and I know Butch and CBC ran point on really showing that the infrastructure outside the stadium from hotels and all that can kind of handle it and manage it. And then certainly in the next conversation is just directly between uh, FIFA and, and the Titans on facility. So it's it's the pitch, it's it's the grass, it's the setup, it's the 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 time and the structure and the games and the schedule and all that. And I know that's ongoing uh, in in conversations with Burke Nihill and and uh, Bob Flynn, everybody at the stadium. They don't really have a hard fast timeline as that I'm aware of when FIFA is going to make some decisions. And then you go into the other pieces that FIFA has in front of them. Say, okay, we've got. 13 games in North America, and we're going to balance that out between Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. How many is in the U.S.? How many is in Central Time Zone? Where are you going to travel a team from X to Y? And is that too far? Do we keep them in there? And, you know, so you, you, you cannot host a game, but host some other activities or host games and not the other. And so you're just going to have to kind of let the FIFA kind of settle that out a little bit. And it doesn't necessarily mean you wouldn't be a good host. Yeah, there could be some other factors in there that uh, that impact it. Um, just like there's been some events that we haven't we haven't landed that I know we were better than some of the other bids, but it's just the way it kind of worked out, either politically, time zone, rotation, uh, certain things like that geographically. So hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, we'll be able to do it. it it's a big lift. Um, it, it'll be a major commitment by really the, the stadium folks of of transitioning it from 
uh, a World Cup soccer level field conditioning during what could be, uh, you know, precipitate uh, NFL season. Let's bring it back to the Grand Prix here as we let you go. How, how do you, Scott Ramsey, consume these big events? Like, you, what do you do? Like, what does your weekend look like? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the race is Sunday, of course. Like, what do, are you just like a nervous wreck the whole time? Do you, <laughs> do you exhale on Sunday night and Monday morning? Do you take a week off? Like, how does your, like, like how, do, how do you consume these products as they are sort of unfolding? Are you just like running around like crazy? Like, what, what does your day look like? You know, every event's a little bit different depending upon the role of the sports council, you know, week of. Uh, we're talking about Grand Prix specific again. You know, Matt, Jason, Chris are going to be running around with their hair on fire, um, sweating the weather forecasts and, you know, all the all the various things going on. From our side, again, kind of back of house, um, Jay Grider um, and our staff on the event side have been working months on this thing and uh, – uh, boots on the ground. The Thursday event, we're, we're kind of running point on the charity event, the pit stop challenge. So, you know, trying to get all the operational pieces done, uh, that's this week. And, um, you know, I, I just, the staff and the volunteers just do a, do a great job. Um, you know, we, we've kind of, um, me personally on this particular event, trying to entertain some folks that we're looking down the road on, um, you know, whether it's, um, you, you can break, know, you can break a little news here if you uh, want to. <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't know who's coming yet. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we've invited uh, certainly the SEC folks and Big Ten folks and some ESPN folks that we have partnerships with. Uh, Ironman's, um, you know, uh, a great partner on the marathon because I think everybody learns from big events and how we've kind of managed. You might pick and choose a piece that we do on this, uh, this that we might want to roll into some other events. So I, I'm going to try to kind of invite and hopefully they'll come and, and experience. Uh, you know, Nashville a little bit and, and kind of run point. So I think we've had a really good setup that, you know, I'm, I'm typically looking farther out and trying to put the pieces together and then the staff can kind of operate and manage. And we just had a great partnership on that. Now, other events that we've got more of a soup to nuts responsibility, like the bowl. Yeah. You're, you're really sweating every little detail and every schedule on the event from the teams, to the players, to the, the coaching press conferences, to the luncheons, to the fan fest, to the game day, to the officials getting here to, to everything. Uh, this in particular one, we're, we're really kind of focused on our piece and the staff's doing a great job. And uh, again, we can land a few more volunteers. I think it'll come off uh, as a great representation in Nashville. Scott, man, always a pleasure. You and your team have been doing, you know, excellent work now. Like you said, what did, what did you say? 26 years now? Is that what you said? Yeah, they just haven't kicked me out yet, Braden. 1995, <laughs> we moved here. So, uh, yeah, I tell you, it's been special and a blessing. I, I can't think of another city in the country that's maybe transformed as much. And sports has played a major role in it. Certainly not the only role, and I would never say that. But a major role in transformation of our city, you know, it's 26 years. And it's been been uh, been a real pleasure to be a part of it and uh, hopefully we'll have some some great years ahead of us with some some events that uh, that will be uh, really uh, memorable so go volunteer go buy some tickets go <laughs> to the race and scott go find half a billion dollars for a dome okay all right <laughs> you got it we'll, we'll call it the Braden dome right <laughs> uh, and you're gonna send your check in tomorrow. 440 sports scott come on brandy 440 sports. we'll even let you finance it <laughs> <laughs> oh gee gee scott thank you so much man enjoy the weekend we'll, we'll talk soon bud you too guys thanks guys anytime Special thanks to Scott Ramsey, president of the National Sports Council, for giving us so much of his time during a very busy week. 
for the city of Nashville. I do think it's interesting that he sort of just turns into like concierge service <laughs> once the event rolls around. Things that he's not really as hands-on with. So he gets to sort of, as he told us there, he's bringing in a bunch of important people trying to sell them on what's the next big thing for Nashville. So go to the race, check it out. You can volunteer. Tickets are still available. It should be a lot of fun. I'm hoping to be out there on Sunday for the race. And uh, I always love talking with Scott, man. I, love talking I can't. With Scott. I can't wait to see how they shoot the city given where the race is because you're going to be, you're essentially going to, the, the camera positions are all going to essentially be shooting back towards downtown. The, not the towards the junkyard? You don't think? Not towards the, we are not going to see PSC medals at all in any of these shots. Although, if you're <laughs> in the final turn, if you're sitting in the final turn, from what I understand, I've studied the map a little bit, but if you're sitting in the very final turn, I think it's like turn 19 or something like that. If you're sitting in the very final turn, looking down with Nissan Stadium towards the start finish line, you will have the backdrop, I believe, of the uh, of the scrapyard. So I, I, that'll be interesting. My guess is there's going to be something blocking that camera so that we can't probably, we can't see that. Maybe probably, that's just maybe that's just me. Probably. But I, I can't wait, I can't wait to see those shots like overhead shots over the bridge. That's just going to be cool as hell. Especially the ones that are on the sky cam that are moving, right? That are trying yeah. to tr that are moving with the cars over the river like that. Like it's. I mean, it's be I mean, fun. drone. I mean, the use of drones in 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 these situations has immeasurably helped uh, road courses and and open wheel racing. I mean, it's just it's fascinating how they how they've incorporated a lot of these things. I can't I can't wait to see how it looks. You know, the other one that I love because of drones, I think golf. I think drone shots of golf has been really interesting because the courses yeah, are so beautiful and you, you get like you zoom out from a green and all of a sudden you're seeing the ocean and the mountains and the trees and the fans. And I just think the, that golf has benefited from those shots as well. Um, yep. Interesting, interesting observation by you though. You're right. I think it's going to be a really picturesque setting with the, the whole downtown skyline and the walking bridge and all the music stages are going to be down there and everything. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, all right, let's, let's get into this, this, the future of the stadium here, because we talked about it a little bit with Scott and recommendations coming up in just a second. But as it pertains to, to Nissan Stadium and the Tennessee Titans, um, it's not a very complicated sort of decision here. They either have to do a major renovation. I believe quoting Butch Speardon is it was the last cheap stadium. I believe. Yeah, Butch, I mean, it was basically like saying, oh, this was the last cheap stadium built in the United States. It, it's going to be uh, a replacement level costs on that stadium are are in the capital B billions. So we're going to see some kind of kind of retrofit slash yes, yes. refurbishment kind of thing. So if you were going to build a new one, which you could do closer to the river and maybe build it with a brick facade and maybe have some more walking bridges and sort of tie it into Broadway, which has always been my idea, that would cost you probably a billion and a half dollars, right? Somewhere in right. there. And that would be your price tag. But it would guarantee you, because you'd probably put a retractable roof on it in some capacity, it would guarantee you probably a Super Bowl... A national championship and the final four, the three events right. that Scott Ramsey talked about during our interview, which have always been the things we're all seeking. The retrofit idea is the other option, and that still could be in the five, six hundred million dollar range. But you could um, get so. you could get two of those three events without the with without a dome. You think so? Re realistically, in order to get a final four, you have to have something that's temperature controlled, and the the, the final four will never be outside. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even but if you it, think, even if, you think they can get with just a five hundred, six hundred million dollar renovation without a closed roof, you think they can get the the Super Bowl and the national championship? I think they can get a Super Bowl. I don't think they. I don't know if they can get in the rotation um, because the because of the weather. We've had a New York Super Bowl. We've had a Minnesota Super Bowl. We've had you know we've had these sort of things in cold weather cities. If you take the weather out of the game, 
having the you know having the fans sit in you know 50 degree weather or 40 degree weather who, who cares about that uh, so long as it looks good on tv what they don't want is to is to also have the elements affect the game that they want the super bowl played in dry conditions so that so they don't want that's they just they don't want to play in rain if they if if they can possibly avoid it so if you have some sort of roof whether you know hard rock is open in the middle but you could do that and have it be re- retractable or something like that. That's the, you that's could, the Miami Miami Dolphin Stadium that did right. the, re- My, the retrofit. Yeah, they retrofitted the old Joe Robbie Pro Player, you know, whatever <laughs> sponsor, uh, whatever sports sponsor it was hard, when they Hard Rock. Yeah, you could you can get a Super Bowl, and I think the league has been very smart about incentivizing these markets to saying, look, you can get a Super Bowl if you if you put these investments kind of back into the team and and into the in, into the stadium. Could you get a college football national championship game? Boy, I, I'd like to think so, but you know, a semifinal. Right now, they need a place to play the freaking quarterfinals. So, I mean, I don't know why you couldn't play a quarterfinal they, in Nashville. They, they could get in the. They could. I think they could certainly get in the rotation for for some bracket game. Could they get the final? I don't know. But I mean, if they got a semifinal, that'd be. I mean, that's all I'm asking. I'd just a playoff game. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a college football playoff game. So here's my follow up question to this because I think we kind of understand and Scott laid out sort of the stakes, what what the events are requiring of us as a city, and of course the Titans are a big part of this. What do you expect the conversations to be like? Because this is ongoing as we speak. It's been ongoing for probably the better part of two years. We're trying to get the World Cup to come here in 2026, and Butch Speardon has said very openly that. They need to have some things done with the stadium by 26 to get to get FIFA to bring a game here. Um, you heard Scott mention it. What are conversations like? Do you expect Amy Adams Strunk and the Titans to leverage? What do we expect the negotiations to look like? The team the team has been very active in uh, in the fight against this this referendum, which would have been on the ballot, which would have limited property taxes, and there were a couple of kind of basically anti sports stadium pieces on the uh, um on that group's uh, agenda the the group kind of sprang out of a, a out of the save the fairgrounds crowd and it was more aimed at the soccer stadium but it would certainly affect any kind of future titans renovations as well i, I think you're going to see messaging about it you know if you if you took a if you took a poll and people have uh, took a poll of kind of like who the most popular person in town is uh it, it ain't the mayor it ain't whoever else it's amy it's amy adam strong and so I think you're going to see the Titans kind of leveraging that capital, you know, that political capital for, for, for the city to be, uh, you know, some kind of partnership thing, the, the soccer stadium deal and kind of the tax recapture that's done that in that fashion, I think is, is some of what you're going to see that so that, you know, there's going to be a tax on tickets and a tax on, on certain things there in the future. And the city floats the bonds the the you know the team or whoever else is responsible for repaying those bonds and they do it through some kind of kind of tax recapture on tickets and 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 drinks and and whatever whatever other sort of amenities go into that area i think that's i think that's the model it's the sort of the least it's sort of the least intrusive for taxpayers it's this is not like the original titan stadium where the the city was going to be on the hook for hundreds of millions of dollars right the the city would guarantee the bonds and issue them, and then the team, you know, pays it back somehow. So, Amy Adams Strunk, to your point about being popular, and I think she's done basically everything perfectly as an owner of an NFL team. Even though the, the good old boy club really didn't want her in there, she doesn't strike me as the kind of person that would create a contentious situation. But when hundreds of millions of dollars are on the line, it's sometimes hard to 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 not have those sort of tensions take place. And so I, it sounds like you're pretty optimistic that 
if and when the city needs to quote unquote be on the hook for some large chunk of money that most people in the city are going to be okay with that. I was okay as a Davidson County resident paying a little bit to help the soccer stadium because I'm going to use it. I know my family will benefit from it. I'd love to see something. Ha- I just want the city, if they're going to do this with the Titan stadium, I just don't want to be here 20 years from now. I want them to take a big, huge hack at it and and see if they can do more with the space around the stadium too. Like, I just feel like there's a lot of opportunity I think too, you know, you're not going to see in in that discussion what you're seeing, and and again, this is kind of why I'm soft on baseball coming here. You're not going to see what's like what like the discussion that's happening in Oakland right now, where where Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball has a a habit of doing this. You know, if you look at at what they got D, the city of DC to to pony up for that, I mean, they're going to be paying on that 800 million dollar note for a long time, but they're essentially asking the city of Oakland to put to put up 800 million dollars. National's not going to do that, but could there be some arrangement similar to the soccer stadium where, you know, where, where the city, the city floats the bonds and the, and the team pays for it over, you know, over 20, 30 years. I, I think that's absolutely sort of the model. That's the least sort of intrusive to, to taxpayers and, and, and really could be something that, that, that you see now that puts a limit on kind of what you can do. It means that we're not going to put a dome <laughs> right there on the on the right, on the right. Cumberland. Uh, it means it's it's going to be some kind of like really good retrofit. I just I, I like I said I talked to Bill Hancock. We're right on the line for the weather, so I don't know. And again, if you see the top down view of Hard Rock, which is a I think they did a wonderful job renovating Hard Rock, the Miami Dolphin Stadium. There is a, a giant opening. <laughs> it doesn't fully protect you from the elements. So. I, I can't believe, given the amount of rain that you get in South Florida, and I can't believe that that when they built this room, uh, this roof at the Hard Rock, that they didn't come up with some contingency plan to slide something over there to keep the to keep the yeah, games dry because there's good. just like torrential rains in some of these Dolphins it's, games. It's very very strange. Um, and, and as they say, if you don't like the weather in Florida, just wait ten minutes. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, again, it's going to be a, it will play out in the media. It will play out with public messaging. There will be two sides of the equation, right? It's just, it's, it's just how stadium deals work. Um, obviously the soccer stadium has left a bad taste in some people's mouths. I still think most of us understand that the city got as good a deal as possible. I mean, uh, when, when you compare that, when you compare that soccer stadium deal to, to almost any other stadium deal around the country, it is hands down one sweetheart. of the best. Yeah, it's totally yeah, the, the, the the people that the the people that are are really mad about that are prof- are people who are professionally mad for a living. So <laughs> get paid by someone else to be mad for them, right? Um, all right. So again, it's gonna it's coming. It's there, there's already been some like renderings kind of loosely floating around out there. So just be prepared for that. And um, there will be a large conversation, lots of votes, and you know all that kind of stuff's going to happen here very, very soon. Because again, we want all this stuff to come here, and we want Scott Ramsey working on it. <laughs> we want him to be getting all these events to come to Nashville, including uh, the FIFA World Cup in 2026, potentially, along with all the other big events that we've got as well. Go check out the Grand Prix. All right, Steve, recommendations for today. What do you have? So uh, my recommendation is a story in the Washington Post by a guy named Adam Kilgore. Uh, baseball fans will recognize him as he used to be the the Nats beat writer for the Post. He's a national sports reporter for them, and and he's he's over in Tokyo covering the Olympics. Uh, he has a story about Matt Ludwig. Matt Ludwig is, if you paid attention at all to the to the uh, track and field trials, finished third in the pole vault with 40 hours before the the, the pole vault starting in Tokyo. 
Matt Ludwig got a call, which was that the number two pole vaulter had had tested positive for coronavirus and was out of the games. And Matt is unpacking his boxes. He's 25 years old. He was moving into uh, into housing at the University of Akron, where I think he, I can't remember. I think I think he was like an assistant coach. Uh, we're going to be an assistant coach. And they said basically, you've got eight hours to get to Chicago for a plane for a plane trip to Tokyo. And the story is about how they got. Uh, how they got him to Tokyo. And it's just this amazing bit of, of logistics that all sorts of kicks in. There's a special unit from the, from the U S Olympic committee who is responsible for basically getting big shit like poles <laughs> onto planes. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, his mom is his man is, is his manager and does all this logistics. So he calls mom in a panic and like, how do I get to, I got to get to Chicago and I got to pack all my stuff. And, and basically he lands in Tokyo he doesn't even have a uniform that fits. He doesn't even have, you know, athletes over there right now have, have special apps on their phones that track where they go. They have to have passed like three different coronavirus tests. And so he's like testing on the, on, you know, in you know, route to Tokyo. It's a fantastic story. You should go. His Olympic experience is, is get to Tokyo as fast as possible. But like his biggest concern is how do I find lunch? <laughs> having after having competed in the biggest athletic competition in the world, it's it's a it's a fantastic story. Adam is a really good writer, and it's just it really is uh, just one of the one of the really fun uh, looks at the games. There are so many stories like that, and some of them are really good, like this one, right? Like really interesting and and and, and crazy. There's a couple other weird ones, like you want to dig into the U.S. fencing controversy, go have fun with that. Or the uh, how about the Belarus? I mean, the, the, the Belarus athlete who she caught on the dictator who's now running Belarus, his son is in charge of the Olympic Committee and basically told, sent her back home and she didn't want to get on a plane. And now she's seeking asylum in Poland and she shows up at the Polish consulate. She's, she's got recordings of them saying, eh, this is basically how, how people end up yeah, dead in yeah. their rooms and it looks like suicide. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, there's, there's like so much as I've become more interested in like sort of just foreign current events, right? Like current, current events that are happening around the world. It's like, it's impossible not to watch the Olympics and, and think about like, Oh, like why is Victor Orban in my head right now? <laughs> this is just, it's so silly. Now, once you start reading, um, all right, I'm, you've, you've done something wrong. That's, that's why. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Um, all right. So my, my recommendation is John Skipper, former head of ESPN um, works for Meadowlark media now. Former head of Dazen or Dazon or however did I could never pronounce it. On um, he he sat down and of course he's with Meadowlark, which is who's got D the Dan Lemitard show. And he sat down and speaking of what Scott Ramsey was talking about with conference expansion and playoff expansion and potentially the Music City Bowl moving up a tier, which they have done consistently for twenty years. By the way, we give him credit. They have that's kind of why I jumped in there a little bit because what they have done is they have consistently moved their bowl up in prestige. The Music City Bowl has has elevated itself over the course of 20 years, and it is on the doorstep of becoming a playoff caliber bowl if we can get the stadium thing taken care of. Along those lines, if you want to know what's really happening financially behind the scenes of all of this conference realignment and expansion, what are the actual conversations, the dollars and cents? John Skipper's interview with the Dan Lebetard show last week. Go listen to that interview. It is as illuminating an interview as you will ever hear, he was at ESPN trying to launch the Longhorn Network while his own company was trying to break who was launching the Longhorn Network. <laughs> so fascinating interview from a person that is one of the very few names that actually gets to sit in the very small room 
and make those conference realignment decisions. So go listen to John Skipper. And, um, you know, basketball, for example, is about 20 cents on the dollar compared to football. As an example of a tidbit that he dropped in that interview, right? Like 80% of the consideration goes to football, 20% is basketball with the exception of a few schools. So uh, fascinating interview, fascinating conversation. John Skipper, obviously very successful in the media world, but will give you a very, very interesting pull back the curtain on all this uh, realignment stuff. So go check it out. John Skipper on uh, Dan Levitard show. Awesome. Can't wait to listen to it. Braden, where can people find you on the socials? You can find me at Braden Gall on Twitter at 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook at 440 Media on Instagram. Steve Cavendish, where can people find you? They can find me at Scavendish on Twitter and Instagram. Although on Instagram, I mean, you're basically going to see dogs and tomato plants. And Go to the Nashville scene and vote for our podcast for best stuff. Abs- absolutely. You're going to have to vote for a bunch of stuff. That's the way the contest works. But go find some stuff that you like about Nashville. Include uh, Lamestream Sports as best podcast. We would be grateful. And Jaspers as best sports bar because Lamestream is brought to you by Jaspers. Always, Always Jaspers. Always Jaspers. The next evolution of the sports bar. Thanks to Scott Ramsey for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. For Steve Cavendish, my name is Braden Gall. Thank you all for listening. This has been Lamestream Sports on the 440 Sports Network.